ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know, we want you to know that we love listener feed. Way to go, Dr. Bergwald. Thanks, Father Dickinson. If you got today's if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please get a hold of us. You can get our attention by emailing us that Email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. That's I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N at sfcatholic, S-F-C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C dot O-R-G. You can also tweet at us if you're on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at sfdiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and the hashtag is ignition. Uh, and who are you? A little bit more in case nobody's ever listened to ignition. If you've never listened to ignition, I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm the priest director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center, serving South Dakota State University, <clears throat> proud father to jackrabbits, and the uh, pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White uh, with the Dubrook Dolphins. Okay. The Dubrook School District? You're not familiar with Dubrook? No. Mott's to your loss. It's a great school district. Very good. Combined school district since the late 1970s. They were ahead of the time. Well, the small towns in South go. Dakota. There we go. I am Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, been in that role for almost 15 years. Um, been married for almost 18 years to Jermaine. We have five children. Anything else we should say? I don't know. Any? Except that as we get into this podcast, I really would love just in some ways just to do banter for this entire episode because in some ways I don't feel totally ready for this <laughs> So, boy, it's been hot late. Father, did you believe that hurt? You hit? No. no, no. How about that storm last night? No, we are not. That was a doozy. It was. It was, it was a doozy. There was we tree limbs this. down on the golf course that I drove by on the way here. <laughs> there were. I mean, that's what happens in doozy storms is like, Tree limbs on golf horses. Yeah. Or cats and dogs playing together. Not quite like that. It's <laughs> the Ghostbusters reference. I know that, but I don't I don't yeah. know what that had to do with crazy things. Anyway. Okay. We're not going to. No, we are going to do this and we are going to trust on our Lord and his mercy and his tenderness and his love to talk about this episode today. Uh, the last few weeks, if, if you've um, tuned into Ignition, we've been looking back at the Sunday uh, that we've just celebrated. So a couple weeks ago, we looked back at Trinity Sunday and talked about the Trinity. Last week, we looked back at Corpus Christi Sunday and talked about Corpus Christi. This week, we're going to look back, back, back even further to last Friday, um, this year, June 23rd, when we celebrated the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit a little bit about the Sacred Heart, but um, particularly about um, the application of this doctrine and devotion uh, to the life of the church in our own time. Um, Father, I think to start with, though, the thing that I love most about the Solemnity of the Most Sacred uh-huh. Heart is that it gives me a, a Friday off from my Friday penances. There you go, Steak Friday. Amen, brother. You know, um, I just had a curiosity like in my head as we as you're introducing it because you said it's on in 2017 when we're recording this. What day is it on? June 23rd. What happens every year on June 24th? 
Uh-huh. Oh, you don't know what? <gasps> oh, I should have. I should have. I should have. I should have. And it is. Uh, the the feast, I think, of the or is it a solemnity feast? It's a solemn feast. It is a it's a solemnity. It's of, Trump's a Sunday. Does oh it does? Yeah, if it occurs on the Sunday, you celebrate it. So what is this that we? What are is this that we're talking of which about? We speak. Uh, the do sol- not do not keep us in suspense any longer. <laughs> Tell us, Doctor Bergwald. It is the solemnity of the birth of John the Baptist on June twenty fourth. Yeah, the nativity of John the Baptist six months prior to Christmas because he's six months older Woo-hoo. than Jesus. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so what happens when the Sacred Heart Ooh. and the Feast of St. John the Baptist collide? Well, they don't quite collide. But what would happen if they occurred on the same I day? I don't know. Dogs and cats living together. It'd be chaos. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I'm sure it's not chaos. I'm sure the church has an answer, but I'm just curious. Like, who trumps uh, It's got to be Sacred Heart's got to trump, I would really? imagine. No, I don't like, know, I really, mean, for sure. Because it's got to Baptist trumps the Sunday. That's got to have happened, the, that one June 24th. I wonder... Okay, we're not going to take time to do this now, but I wonder, because some feasts oh, yeah, will I get, wonder. what's the technical term? Um, Moved. No, that's not the technical term. There's a word. Transition? Trans, trans, uh, no. trans something. Hey, hey, um, hey. What is that term? Um, Transferred? Transitus? Transfer, we say transferred a lot, but there's another term. Anyway, whatever it is, uh, sometimes we transfer. Hello, Siri? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Let me uh, look it up online. I don't think Siri's going to know that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where we transfer feasts. Um, so far, for instance, I think of um, March 19th, uh, right. which is the Feast of St. Joseph, the Solemnity of St. Joseph. That often falls during either um, Holy Week or Easter Week, so it will get moved to the Monday after Divine Mercy Sunday um, because it's an important enough solemnity to celebrate, but it doesn't trump Holy Week or Easter Week. Correct. So I don't know if I wonder if uh, June twenty fourth falls on a Friday, um, if it ever gets transferred. I'm not sure. So yeah, I, things that keep Father and I up at night. I know. Uh, it's going this crazy. is just your way to avoid talking about the episode, though. I, I see what you're. I see what you're doing. No, this is that was an honest thought in my head. I know. I know. I know. I know. That's an honest thought in my head. So. Um, the feast of the sacred heart of Jesus. Father, what can you tell us about any the background of Well, this? the feast of the sacred heart of Jesus descends from the devotion okay. to the sacred heart of Jesus. Fantastic. So the devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus, as far as I know, at least in its main form, comes from St. Margaret Mary Aliquo. Ale- yeah, sure. Aliquot? Aliquo? Aliquo. A L I. Q-U-O-T-Q-U-E. It's French. There's a lot of vowels. There's there's no T. There's Q-U-E at the end. I know that. Q-U. Yeah. I thought there was an O. Aliquo. <sighs> Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Siri? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, uh, so this revelations to this nun, uh, Margaret Mary Aliquo. What? <laughs> Aliquo? Uh, and, uh, just, let's just leave it at Margaret, Margaret Mary. I've got, I, I have cousins who speak French like brilliantly yeah. and very well. Like they even like live in Paris sometimes and do like work for art, like wow. insurers, like to make sure when art pieces are transported that like the real one shows up. Yep. Yeah. Like they have to like remain in con- anyways. And they're probably would like hate my attempts <laughs> to like- pronounce French, French right now. He's from the wrong Dickinson family. There we are. They, but they don't, I don't think they, I don't know if they listen to Ignition. Their loss. So St. Margaret Mary. 
Yes, uh, Saint Margaret Mary. The, th- the third, the third podcast we record is always the most. Flyest. Oh, it's so uh, Saint Margaret Mary. It, she was she was a French nun, and she was having these visions of our Lord, where He was inspiring her, speaking to her about devotion to His heart, to His holy heart, His heart which is sacred, His sacred heart, and. Uh, and that she was to seek to promote this. And she went through like the normal kind of church channels of uh, being investigated and then being approved and then being promoted by the church in various ways over time. I think this happened in, you know, these are things I should have researched before the podcast, which is why I didn't want to do it. Like 1687 <laughs> so. or 1678. So. Yep. That sounds right. Uh, 1689 or so, somewhere around there. Uh, well, and I, I do know that for sure. Cause there's an interesting historical connection with this devotion. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, so she promoted this, did you just find the date there from your Yeah, nodding? she died in 1690. 1690, okay. And, um, she promoted this, and there's also some cool stories about his invention, uh, which I don't know how many of them we want to get into. Like, have you ever heard the one, Dr. Bergwald, about, uh, her confessor, uh, spirit director testing to see if these were... Uh, real uh, apparitions. Um, I, I know that she was. I don't remember the details of the testing. Right well, now. One thing I remember is that uh, supposedly uh, her confessor said, why don't you ask Jesus, what was the last oh, mortal yeah. sin that I confessed? Yeah. yeah. What was the last mortal sin I confessed? Next time Jesus talks to you, if it's really Jesus, you know, ask him what's the last mortal sin that I confessed. And uh, so she um, comes back to him the next time. She, and he's like, well, did you ask her? She says, I did. And he said, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So what, why, is, why is that an authenticated mm-hmm. answer then, Dr. Bergwald? Because when we confess our sins, they mm-hmm. are forgiven, and it is, is as if the Lord no longer remembers them because he has forgiven them. And not just forgiven, but absolved right. them. Right, Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And uh, um, so now what was going on in France in the 17th century, the 1600s, where our Lord might find it necessary to talk to some... Uh, young, presumably younger, middle-aged or old, I don't know, uh, French nun and tell her that people should have devotion to a sacred heart. Heresy. Oh, okay. What sort of heresy? Bad heresy. Is there any other kind of heresy? There's worse heresy. There's worse heresy. <laughs> to me, I mean, this if it's says- I was kind of hoping we'd kind of relive that scene from A Few Good Men. Were they in danger? Yes. Were they in grave danger? Is, the any, is, is there, there any, any other, other kind? kind? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that would have been a great joke. I know. Um, the, this is the heresy it's gone. of Jansenism. Yes. Which is a bad heresy. It's a, <laughs> is there any other kind? No, they're all bad. They're all bad. They're uh, all horrible. Yeah. Terrible. It's just terrible. That's just terrible. Um, Jansenism uh, was a heresy that did actually came out of uh, Belgium, yeah, but especially took hold uh, for a variety of reasons. Lost to father and I, um, that took hold the better in- research <laughs> found out, um, took hold in France and so became widespread in France. And Jansenism was, um, basically a form of Catholic Calvinism, to right. be honest, right? Uh, in, the, in the worst sense. Um, Are you saying Calvinism is a heresy? <laughs> well, I, I think I might be saying. I think that, that's yes. what we're saying. Yes, <laughs> if we're saying anything in our today, it's that Jansenism and Calvinism um, are heresies. Father's smiling. Father's waiting for the emails to come in. Uh, we know there's truth among Calvinists, but Calvinism um, 
entails heresy. Right. And there's truth in Jansenism, but it's still heretical. There's there's truth in Jansenism. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but well, as any teenager knows, the best lies have truth in them. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't tell me that. <laughs> Dr. Bergwall is the father of a newly minted teenager. Newly minted teenager. Um, so Jansenism, uh, sort of Catholic Calvinism, what do we mean by that? Um, this idea, uh, and, and whatever John Calvin really thought, at least the way that Jansenism um, evolved, was this idea that basically God is a jerk. <laughs> He's not... Well, no, I don't know if it's so much that God is a jerk or is that uh, humanity is utterly depraved. Yes, yes. But also that God uh, foreordains, preordains, and predestines certain uh-huh. souls to go to hell. Or to... Heaven. Yeah. No, but but we believe in predestination to heaven. We reject predestination Into to hell. hell. Yeah. Double predestination. Yeah. And so um so God then uh as a jerk. No, this is and this is their attempt to answer human free will. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. we've talked about in recent episodes as one of the mysteries of our faith, how our human free will interacts with the divine <clears throat> omnipotence uh and the divine omniscience. Uh, without diminishing omnipotence and omniscience, we have free will. Right. Uh, and so in Calvin and Father Janssen. Bishop. Bishop Janssen. Yeah. Bishops can be heretics? Most, uh, most heretics, unfortunately, were bishops. Oh, okay. Note to the wise. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so if you want to spread a heresy, <laughs> become a bishop. Um, so, right. Uh, uh, so he, um, Bishop Janssen... Janssen. Would that say in Belgium? I have no idea. Okay. Anyways, so this notion uh, that uh, because some people are either destined to heaven or destined to hell, our actions don't really matter, and there's no real point in reforming your actions. Right. But and it brought with it a pessimism as to whether or not you would ever be able to be worthy to receive the Holy Eucharist. Right. And so it led to a decrease in practice of the sacraments and an increase of sin. Right. Right. And that's where the Sacred Heart came into this area to speak. I, 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 well, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of at a, at a, at a stopping point. I, I, there. I thought you. That, okay, um, I'm just going to give you. So, uh, at Cornelius Jansen uh, was was the bishop. So Jansenism um, emphasizes original sin, our total depravity. As Father said, the need of grace, which we agree with, and predestination, which, depending what you mean. Um, we agree with, but emphasizing, yeah, our, that total idea of total depravity, and that we can't, we can't do anything that pleases God. Right. We'll never be able to complete to please God in such a way, and so therefore, why even try? Right. Which is then how that uh, leads to this um, multiplication of sins. Right. Yeah. Right. So that gets us into how does the Sacred Heart respond. Before we get into that, we want to um, let you know, if you just tuned in, that you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And if you have questions about what we're discussing today, which is the devotion and feast of the Most Sacred Heart and its historical background and so on, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet us at sfdiocese with the hashtag ignition. 
So, as we continue to talk about the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, there's lots of great things you can do in devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Right. Uh, the, you know, the Sacred Heart, devotion, the First Friday devotions to the Sacred Heart, uh, reparations, consecration uh, to the Sacred Heart, enthronement of the Sacred Heart in the homes, all great things to look at. Yep. But I think we're going to move our conversation of the Sacred Heart more towards kind of an answer to theological errors today. Right. You know, so we talked about how Sacred Heart uh, was a answer. Did we actually explain we how it's We an should answer? just briefly Wait, okay, address right. that. So how is the yeah. Sacred Heart answer to the errors of Cornelius Jensen? So the Sacred Heart basically reminds us of what we talked about a couple episodes, that God is love and that therefore that he loves. So the Sacred Heart of Jesus, to me at least, um, emphasizes the fact that Jesus, the God-man, the word of flesh, the word made flesh, rather, um, that in Jesus, the Father has loved each of us and all of us, that Jesus came and died for everyone. Jesus died of the cross for everyone. St. Paul said that God desires that all men be saved. Right. Even if that doesn't happen, that's God's desire. He, he loves each of us and all of us. The Catechism, in speaking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, says that as uh, Jesus was suffering his passion and death, he knew and loved us each and all. Mm. So to me, the, the doctrine of the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is meant to remind us that our God loves us each and all. Right, not just a few, not just the special, not just right. the uh, pure that we might judge by our eyes to be pure in some ways. No, God loves uh, each soul and every soul. So in that way, it's responding to uh, Jansenism's errors, which uh, have a false understanding of what it means to be the elect and a false understanding of the impact of original sin and of, of human sinfulness. And thus the Sacred Heart devotion also leads to that repair of that, uh, to repair the despair uh, that comes from that right. notion that, well, if I can't satisfy this, then what's the point in even trying? Exactly. And so... Um, in that sense, the Sacred Heart encourages us uh, to dare for holiness against our own weakness. Right, right. In that way. Uh, my dad had a wonderful devotion to the Sacred Heart and would try to make Friday, especially Friday visits to the Holy Eucharist. In fact, I remember as a teenager, maybe I was in college, but I was working delivering pizzas, and it was a Friday night, and I was uh, down by Sacred Heart mm. Parish in Yankton, and uh, I saw my dad's car out there. It was like 9.30 at night, and he was coming back for something or something or other, but he was stopping to make a visit to the Eucharist. And so uh, it also leads to increasing Eucharistic devotion in that way, right, uh, right. the devotion to the Sacred Heart. In fact, there's a church in France, Sacre-Cœur, mm -hmm. uh, which has had, I believe, ongoing adoration pretty much nonstop for um, well over 100 years. Really? Yeah. Fulton that. Sheen talks about that. Does he? Okay. And so... Uh, oh, and can we talk about our interesting little hundred-year thing for yeah. little historical yeah, yeah, oddity? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did I tell you this one in the prep? Yeah, uh, you started to. Okay. Uh, and again, I read this in a book, so I'm kind of ha like hazily remembering sure. it, and so someone could fact-check me. Oh, false news. Um, but that. Uh, so one of the things that Sacred Heart asked Saint Margaret Mary to request was that uh, one of the King Louis. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that he would consecrate France to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Okay. Yep. And she asked him to do it on like, I want to say it's like June 21st, 1689. Okay. Well, he didn't. Okay. What happened a hundred years later? I think it was June 21st. 
1789 was the beginning of the French Revolution. Right. And in June, I remember the day, but June is when Bastille Day happened. Oh, sure. Yes, yes, yes. And Bastille Day is when they killed the King of France, who would be like the great-great-grandson of that king, uh, who did not consecrate France to the Sacred Heart. Mm -hmm. Interesting, though. Yep. Yep. Anyways, let's go to today. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Fast forward. Fast forwarding. So, um... There's an application of all of this. Yes, yep, yep, yep. To today, to, to today. the spirit of today. Yep, yep. Because uh, uh, Jansenism per se may be essentially dead, um, but it lives it's on. It's only mostly dead. It's, it is only mostly dead because it lives on in a new form. Yep. And so like the modern Jansenism is again this, this despairing of um, whether or not we can ever overcome sin. Right. Just as in ancient Jansenism, there's a despairing of whether or not we can overcome sin. So today's Jansenists uh, despair that they themselves will be able to overcome sin, but they go to a different conclusion from that. Right, right. So so there's this idea um, that's out there today, it's, and it's not rare. It's, it's too common. There's this idea that um, even with grace, right. uh, it's just, it's, it's not possible for us to live uh, the Christian life. It's not possible for us to live the way that Jesus invites us, nay, commands us to mm-hmm. live. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, and therefore us, certain things. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Yeah, and that's just unrealistic. It's an ideal. Yeah. Something yeah. to be aimed at, but never really to yeah, ever be achieved. It's not going to happen. So don't even bother yourself. I mean, you can kind of aim at it. You can aim near it. Aim right. at it every once in a while, kind of an oscillating aim. Right. That fan. We'll, we'll never be saints. I mean, it's just not possible. Right. And there's, I mean, any of the saints who've gone before us probably really aren't even real saints anyways. Right. It's just kind of some sort of like, uh, you know, name or thing the church does as like a fundraising drive. Right. <laughs> right. The, and That's now, the worst of cynicism. It, it, it is totally cynical. Right. That it's just really not possible. Well, it might be for some, but for most of you Poor people. Right. Really, so it's, incredibly it's paternalistic. paternalistic. Totally. Yes. Condescending, paternalistic, yep. cynical. Yep. 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 So it's the spirit that that uh, we're unable to do what Jesus told us to do. Right. Which, well, why would he tell us to do it if we couldn't do it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but as you were saying that, when you said, because you said that it's impossible to be holy even by the help of grace. Right. For those that are theological nerds, it's like the exact opposite of Pelagianism. Which says you can be holy without grace, right? And this says you can be holy. You can't be holy even, even with, with grace. grace, right? Right. So right. why even try to be holy? Exactly. Yeah. And so that's kind of the spirit. And I don't know if, if that kind of resonates. Oh yeah, I'm kind of thinking of that. Yeah, that kind of makes some sense. And we could go through, as we said, lots of examples because even like bishops, right? Today, right? And other Catholic authors and public figures will say things, you know, like um, that in some way, uh, uh, you know. Uh, the person's limited in their ability to understand and to will and to act in regard to conversion. And if they can't understand and will and act towards conversion, then we can't really accept, expect them to convert. Exactly. Yep. You know, um, or they talk about the impossibility of fulfilling uh, the moral commandments right. in that way. Right. Um, you know, uh, whether it's because of some, you know, interior disorder in areas of, uh, gluttony, sexuality, sloth. But in our day and age, quite frankly, it's often in sexuality. Right. 
sexual desires that people talk about this despair of ever being able to conquer the uh, irresistible eros. Right. <laughs> Concupiscence has its hold on us and it will never let it go. Right. Boy, that's just depressing. It is. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's depressing. It's despairing. It's contrary to hope. Oh, uh, yeah. Totally contrary to hope. Because hope is the virtue that says that Jesus will do what he has says he will uh, exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. That's where hope, hope isn't optimism. We can be optimistic or pessimistic. It doesn't matter. But we're called to, and we're given the virtue of hope, which basically means that trust that Jesus will do, as you just said, will trust, trust that he will do what he said he would do. And he said that he would give us freedom, true interior freedom, even from our own irresistible arrows. Right. Exactly. <laughs> even from our... I'm really liking that phrase. I know you are. Uh, St. Paul, you and I have talked about this before, Romans chapter 5, mm. uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more yeah we need to we need to have hope we need to trust we need to be confident maybe not in ourselves in our fallen humanity not in ourselves at all but in jesus christ amen and that's how the sacred heart then is a great devotion to answer this sort of um malaise malaise this malady this pathology this evil corrupting cancer in the body of christ in our current day and age that's some strong language there but it's true yeah. I mean, th- there's no such thing as like mild heresy. <laughs> no, it's all bad. This is all bad. This is bad heresy to think that, you know, oh, my, my desires, whatever the desires are, are just too strong for the grace of Jesus Christ. Exactly. That's what, exactly. Yeah. That, that to me, that, that's the bottom line right there. My, my, my sinful inclinations are too strong for the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus never knew that he was going to have to come up against this. <laughs> he would have brought something more powerful. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, and I was speaking condescendingly mm-hmm. there in mm-hmm. kind of a mocking way of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So my- it's interesting though, like the church has even anticipated these sorts of lies. This go back to some other heresies as well, because the council of Trent has some uh, brilliant statements that says like, if anyone should say that it's impossible to fulfill the commandments, let them be anathema. Yeah, that's bad. Just to be clear. What's, what's, what's to anathema, be anathema mean? Let them be condemned. <laughs> let them be condemmed, be cast out. Yeah, right? excommunicated. You're, yeah, you're not part of the body if you think, if you think that with the grace of God, it's impossible to fulfill the commandments, you are cast out from the body of Christ. Yep. So don't do that, people. <laughs> so don't do that. So Pro tip of the day. Don't do that. <laughs> so we just, cel- again, it was uh, about a week ago that we celebrated the feast of the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. But the first Friday is always just a few weeks away. Exactly. So uh, we want to encourage you to uh, this year maybe reflect on this truth that we've been discussing, to have confidence in Jesus Christ and, and to truly believe with St. Paul that his grace is sufficient for us. Yeah, and, 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 and to seek it, Grace, and to be encouraged. And you, you brought up Romans 5. Uh, I love Romans 5, 1 to 5 as well, where he talks about how uh, suffering leads to endurance, and endurance to proven character, and proven character leads to hope, and hope does not disappoint. And that no matter what irresistible urges uh, you're facing in your life, the power of Jesus Christ can lead you through it. Amen. And that will beautifully wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition, with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition podcast in the iTunes store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.